Hey everyone, you're listening to the Discover Grace and Truth podcast. Together we are going to discover God's grace and truth through the Bible for people who love Jesus, who want to hear His voice, move in His direction, and eventually help others do the same. Thank you for listening and enjoy this episode with Pastor Anton Lasala. Hey, welcome again to Discover Grace and Truth podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Anton Lasala. So glad to be with you once again. And you know, we're, this ministry is always focused on Jesus, keeping Jesus centered in our lives. I love what Matthew 6.33 says. It says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to us. And I'm excited about God's kingdom here on planet earth. And, and if you're wondering what that kingdom looks like, it's defined in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Paul said this way, that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Did you get that? It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we have a measuring tool that we could uh, abide by to know, you know, if we're operating in God's kingdom. And I just believe that if we can just see if we're, if, if, if peace is part of your, uh, uh, what's going on in your life, or if you're having some challenges in your life, is joy is still maintained in your life. Now you're still in the kingdom. Why? Because then God can do some miraculous things through your life. I'm so excited about this series that we're doing here at Discover Grace and Truth. But uh, before we get into talking about this series, I want to introduce to you our our, uh, our uh, a great friend of mine. <laughs> friend, 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 brother-in-law, brother-in-law Gary Plord. You know, he's he's just like a brother from another mother. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I see him, and uh, there's so many similarities, so so many things that we uh, attain to uh, work through in our lives, especially when it comes to the Word of God. So, hey, welcome Gary Plore to Discover Grace and Truth podcast. Thanks, Pastor Anton. Great to be here. Great to have this conversation. And as we were kind of preparing, and I uh, was sharing with you what I've been studying just on my own and my own devotions, and you know, it's uh, call it the Holy Spirit because it really witnessed to what you're doing with this series. So, looking forward to our conversation. That's good. So, we're doing this series, and it's currently a series on conversations. We're calling it the I Am series, and 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 it's based on what happened when Moses met God at the burning bush, and God said, you know, because Moses asked him the question, "Who are you?" He said, "I am." Right. And then, of course, we have Jesus who reveals himself as the great I am just before he goes to the cross. So, you know, the I am series is all about conversations of different accounts and parables of Jesus and how they affect us today. And uh, today we're going to look at this one parable um, in Matthew chapter 13. It's the parable about the sower and the seed and there's so much here folks we probably can go on for like a couple of hours but uh we're just gonna we're gonna manage this we're gonna we're just gonna go and, and and dive in to see what the holy spirit has for us for for you as the listener so i'm excited about this uh 
this next these this next series of uh, talks, this conversation that we have, and it's about the sower and the seed. And so I just want to get right into it because um, you never know what what the Lord has. So uh, I just I'm so excited about what God's word can do in our lives, and you know the word of God is so active, right? And um, Gary, you know, the word of God says that it's, it's powerful, it's active, sharper than any double-edged mm -hmm. sword, right? So, and, and of course, Jesus says he's the word, right? In the beginning was the word, the word was God, and word was God, right? Right. So um, the word of God is the most powerful, I believe, the most powerful uh, attribute that we can have in our lives. And... Um, I mean, I couldn't agree more. You know, I was, as I was kind of preparing for this, Pastor, I was, you know, there's a couple of scriptures actually in the Old Testament. Numbers chapter 14. I think there's a couple of Proverbs. There's a place in Judges that talks about meditating on the Word, right? right day right. in, day out. Yeah. And I think in Numbers 14, verse 26, it says, As you have spoken in my hearing, so it shall be done unto you. So the spoken word is important right. right and i believe that as believers today our effort is to spread the word but it's also faith comes by right yeah. the famous scripture hearing and hearing by the word of god right so yeah. we'll talk about how timeless the word is as we have this conversation but yeah. i think a lot of that's so just it so is, great it is it is uh, uh and so a lot of times you know people are looking for change in their lives and and many times, uh, you know, they ask all these different questions. But here in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is really talking to a bunch of people here. Um, in, in Matthew 13, verse 2 says this, And the great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into the, a boat, sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. So um, he goes on to talk about what this is. But I, before we get into what he says here, Gary, you know, as we go along and see this, this scripture, these, this whole chapter, you know, Jesus is trying to reach so many people, right? And I mean, with his disciples, he was very clear. He spoke directly to him, to them, you know, but here he, he takes a different route. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that, why do you think Jesus went this route where it's about parables instead of being just direct? Yeah, I was reflecting on that. And I actually think there's a couple of reasons for that. First, you know, if you look at, I think it's a scripture in Peter, First Peter, that talks about you know, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Right. right. So, you know, a parallel can be timeless, right? It could also be a little confusing on the surface. Sure. Right. So sure. it takes a little bit of studying. It takes a little reflection. Yeah. Sort of like what we were talking about earlier, right? Meditating on the word day and night, right? So that's one, that was one thing that came to mind. But the other thing that came to mind was, you know, as I was thinking about this, you just touched on it when you read the starting in verse two. Think about the way 
that the multitudes received messages back then, right? Most people, the masses, wouldn't have had a Bible. Right. They weren't produced yet. Right. There were no iPhones. Right. right? And I think as you and I were talking a little bit earlier, just sitting at a desk right here, I think I counted, I have a laptop here, I have my Bible, I have my iPhone, and I have my iPad. There's four vehicles, four methods for, for me to receive information, right? Right. And I think it, it's up to the individual to, and we're going to talk about how the seed fell between the road, and you'll get to that in a few minutes, but it's up to the individual to filter out messages, yeah. right? And, you know, I believe that as Christians, we want the word to fall into that heart. We mm -hmm. want the heart to be good soil. Yeah. We want it to produce good fruit. Right. That could benefit us. And ultimately, like the mission statement for grace and truth, benefit others. Right. 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 That's good soil. That's. But absolutely. I think my, my view on it, you know, I love that what you were talking about earlier with um, God answering Moses's question. And actually, if you look a little deeper in that, I think we could do this at a different time. But I think Moses, the way he asked the question was, the Egyptians will ask me, where does this power come from or something like that? Like right. they will ask me, what is his name? Right. Right. And I just love the fact that God answered, I am that I am, you know, just like it sort of says it all right. No, no beginning, no end. Right. Always existed. I just, I just am. Right. And so I was thinking about that as related to why parables, when you think about it, a parallel brings a truth, but also through reflection. Right. But it's also timeless. So I think Jesus knew through his relationship with God and the Holy Spirit that, you know, in our generation, we would have all the multiple ways of really receiving messages. And those parables, they were true 2,000 years ago. Right. They were true 1,000 years ago. They're still true for us today. Absolutely. Even more so. Even and more like so. Like I said, because if we're to meditate on the word, you know, if we're not careful, and you know me, like you gave in the, in the introduction, you know, the thing that I have to watch out for sometimes, a lot of times, is, you know, political discussions, mm -hmm. right? Like you can get dragged into social, whether it's social media or right. news. Right, right. And you got to filter that stuff. You got to guard your heart, right. right? So it's not only about letting the word fall on good soil, but I think that goes hand in hand with, guarding your heart and bringing all that back to things that are scriptural and are they of the word absolutely so in my take with the parable though i believe that jesus was trying to reach the the people that just really didn't believe in him mm -hmm. you know the pharisees maybe some of the gentiles they just had no clue who he was but he gave a parable to capture their thinking mm -hmm. like there could be something to this and to your point that, that they would dig deep into what he was saying mm -hmm. and hopefully ask enough questions to get the answers that they would need about that parable. So I think that's what he did for, for, uh, for the people at that time. But uh, let's just read this what he had to say and then we're going to break this down mm -hmm. and verse 4 says as as he sowed some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up 
because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. And then he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So again, he's reaching so many people here. But you know who's, who's really confused here are his disciples. Mm-hmm. They're like, we've never heard him speak like this before. He's been really plain with us. And now he's doing this parable business. You know, why, why is that happening? You know, so I'm sure they have many questions. And of course, you know, that at the right time, they asked them, they said, okay, hey, you know, what does this mean? You know, what does this parable mean? Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you just be plain with us? Right. They even asked them in, in verse 10, the disciples came to him and asked, and I think you're right, like, we've been watching The Chosen together. I, mean, yeah. I know many of your listeners are probably watching The Chosen. And what I like about The Chosen, probably very similar to what a lot of other Christians like about The Chosen, is that it gives you a, a visual context right right of what the landscape looked like like the, i'm thinking about the the episode where uh, it would have been the sermon on the mount mm-hmm. right the multitudes just what that multitude looked like and you know it just sort of puts a visual to it but in this case verse 10 the disciples to your point came to him and said why do you speak to the people in parables this is chapter 13 in what is Matthew 24 I think or 20 24 chapters give or take so this is halfway through right this particular gospel and which means he will have already had a lot of interaction with his disciples right right and to your point his his method of communicating with them was more direct more not using analogies right but they watched him with the multitudes and I think you hit the nail on the head I think what I love about this is the word applies to all these people, right. whether you're a religious Pharisee, a priest that's that's focused on, you know, the law, right? Or in this case, what I would say is, <laughs> excuse me, is the laws, mm-hmm. right? But also, as you said earlier, the Gentiles who may have never even heard of or even seen Jesus up to that point, right? Right. So it's interesting then that. In verse 10, they ask him, why do you speak to the people in parables? And he really doesn't, I mean, he goes into verse 11 with the knowledge of what the kingdom of heaven is all about. So I thought that was interesting. But let's back up like you wanted to. And I think if we break down those four types of soil, four grounds that, that the seed fell on. Let's take the first one, right? Well, let, before we get into that, so let's just just understand now. Here Jesus is trying to reach the masses. He has disciples who un- clearly understand who he is. Mm-hmm. We have Gentiles who just are out there. They don't understand who he is, but they're getting to know what he's doing because of the power of God operating through his life, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have the Pharisees, the, the Sadducees, the religious folks. And so here, I believe he was trying to plug in to say, okay, where do you exist in the world that God created? Mm -hmm. And um, so it's important to understand that this, the, the, 
this parable that we're reading is not just about, and now we can apply a lot of these things, the, the meaning to Christians, but he's actually breaking this down, trying to reach the Gentiles, the Pharisees, and recognizing their hearts. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to, that's what this, this, this uh, parable is all about. And I just love Jesus. I love the way he just goes about doing his business and he's just trying to uh, stir the pot a little bit so that they, that these people, maybe one word, one action, you know, one, one decision could change their destiny for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. So uh, I love that. Thanks. I, I love what this parable is going to about to do here. Um, so let's just get into uh, what he said. And for surely I say to you versus, uh, I'm sorry. Um, I guess it would be verse four, right? As he was scattering the seed, the first one that he mentions is some fell along the path, right? And the birds came and ate it up, right? Yeah. So I sort of take that as, you know, they were exposed to the word, but in some Bible studies that I was reading about this, really the evil one comes and snatches it up because mm -hmm. it's not sown, you know, on good soil. It wasn't a problem for the seed. Right. Yeah. Right. It just fell on bad ground. Yeah. And, and hopefully that ground, you know, he was, and hopefully I think Jesus was trying to get that ground to be like, okay, let's till it a little bit. Let's hear these words. Mm -hmm. Where do you fit in the kingdom of God? And, um, in, in verse 19, when, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away, what was sown in his heart. There is he who received, this is he who received seed by the wayside. Then verse 20 says this, but he who received the seed on its stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root, kind of like you were saying before, has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. But, I, I, you know, this, this, this is a stony place. You know, think about a stony place. You know, I, I don't know if, if you ever been in a in a place where it's just dry, it's hard. But here Jesus is trying to reach the people that have stone hearts, mm -hmm. and many times I believe, I believe that the stone hearts comes because there's no relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you know, what I like about what I like about that part you just read also is uh, there's no root. Yeah. Right. So a root really is, if you think about a healthy plant, right? A healthy plant has to be rooted. Right. It's even a catchphrase, so to speak, in our culture, right? Be rooted in something. And if you think about, you know, a, a seed that falls in soil, develops a root, that's where it gets its nutrients, and that's where it grows, right? But in this case, there was no root, so it couldn't take hold. Right. And so it's it's like, okay, the first one, the evil one, it says even in verse back if you, that you just read it in verse 19, 
the evil one snatches it away. That was sown in the heart. But in, in the next one, it's there's no root. There's no there. There has been no meditation of the word. There has been. It's it's almost like I don't know. It's almost like a a religious person, like you said, the the, the multitude of the the crowd was probably represented by people that had not seen them, Gentiles, but also Pharisees who right. were religious. Right. 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 I kind of, I, I sort of look at this part of being, having no root as, as maybe that's that crowd. Yeah. Right. Having on, no root. On the surface, there's a spirituality, but underneath there's no foundation. Well, what does it say here? They hear the word and immediately receives it with joy. So yeah, hi, this is good. This is Right. information right but because there's no relationship yeah. with jesus you know what happens you know life happens right for tribulation or persecution arises because of the word immediately he stumbles yeah. so it's all about that right it's all about how if we don't have a firm foundation of a relationship with jesus and you know what you we can speak to this for a little bit because you came from a, a religious background mm -hmm. you came from a catholic background mm -hmm. and um and talk a little bit about that talk a little bit about and how you came to this place where something happened dramatically where you understood there was a relationship to be had yeah so i was actually you and i've talked about this before but i was an altar boy at a young age i served masses on Sunday and then there was a there was a time I would, I would say specifically this would have been fourth fifth and sixth grade right where I served 630 mass during the week before school I would ride my bike twice a week twice a week weather permitting um, to the church and serve and there you know that in those days there'd be 12 or 15 people at those you know at those masses but I remember my mindset always being I don't understand like that was the key thing right I don't understand God through this religion like I had questions about the Trinity I had questions about the work of Jesus Jesus's actual physical life what we're talking about in this study and, yeah and as you know as I told you also I was part of my devotions I'm also trying to learn about the beginning of the church so I'm going through the the book of Acts right mm -hmm. so I had very practical questions about Christianity and about the Lord and I just felt that that denominational setting wasn't optimal right there was no discussion of some of the things we've talked about so far in this conversation meditating on the word understanding the word asking the Holy Spirit for revelation of the word, being diligent to learn the word. I mean, those are just four things right there, right? And, right. You know, for me, serving as an altar boy and going to mass as often as I did, I really never learned about those things. I had, so I had these questions. And that, that led me up to really about the age of 18 when I had a, a, a Christian friend that, I became really good friends and actually worked with and we started talking about these things mm -hmm. very introductory to me like you know it, yeah I'll even break it down this way to me the Bible was a big 
four-inch Catholic Bible that was written King James Version. Nothing against King James because I know there's a lot of people that really view that as sort of the mainstay, right? But it is it can be difficult to read as well, right? So, you know, I'm using the NIV. I think you're probably using New Living Translation or American Standard, but I really didn't even understand that there were translations that were different yeah. until I was 18 years old. Yeah. And so when I had somebody that witnessed to me and said, yeah, you, you know, these translations are, are accepted by the Bible standard. And he quoted, I think he quoted the one out of Wheaton, Illinois, if I remember correctly. But then he bought me a Bible and it's the NIV one that I have sitting right in front of me. And that's when the word became relevant to me, right? Where I could study it, I could meditate on it, I could flow through not only the Old Testament, but then the books of the New Testament um, and make correlations of scriptures from the Old to the New. It's amazing when you think about the accuracy. You and I were talking about, uh, Kristen, my wife is doing a study of the Old Testament right now, and so I, I'll ask her in the morning, well, what book are you on? And you right. know, I think the other day she was on Nebuchadnezzar. And, you, know, you, you can correlate things from the Old Testament to actual history books amazing the accuracy and I think you know you probably know this better than I do but even the um, prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament 300 or so or more with a a 100% accuracy rate wow right so think about that you know a batter in baseball bats 300 gets 300 hits out of a thousand and that's that's exemplary right God's batting a thousand yeah Right. Exactly. So the the holy the book was this was rather sixty six books. I don't know how many authors, but I believe in my heart of hearts that it was all inspired by the Holy Spirit. Right. And its accuracy is a hundred percent. So going back, I'm going to ask this question. The question is this: What was the number one thing that changed how you thought as far as your religious background? to really coming into a relationship with Jesus. Hey everyone, subscribe now and don't miss out on any other episodes. For more information, go to discovergraceandtruth.com. If you want to receive an email reminder, you can sign up there as well. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope that this episode reminded you that God loves you. He is for you and he is ready to go above and beyond what you can ask or think according to his power that works in you. We love you and we'll catch you next time.